And we are live. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon on the East Coast. It is 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the West Coast, it is just a little bit after 12 noon. Welcome, welcome to Journeys with Jones Harwell. This is my unapologetic segment. So I'm going to introduce you to our guest of the hour, the beautiful woman that's sitting there before me is Dr. Clarice Kavanaugh. She is a native of Chicago and Los Angeles transplant for more than 30 years. An experienced influencer, she birthed a career change and stepped into her destiny as a change maker. Exiting the corporate world to a classroom setting, she is a university professor, entrepreneur, executive coach, and motivational speaker. She learned the ability to change the perspective of her audience through engagement and synergy. Having worked in the pharmaceutical industry for more than 30 years in sales and marketing, Dr. Clarice learned the benefits of human connection. Her magical abilities of connecting corporate executives, physicians, and sales personnel were transferred effortlessly to the world of academia. Clarice likes to say she leveled up from the corporate America to the college classroom. She can listen as well as lead. She is the founder and president of the Kavanaugh Group. So she took those skills and she transferred them into lecturing on topics such as leadership development, organizational leadership, and global human resource management. She is often sought after by organizations, both private and public sector, as a speaker and teacher of leadership behaviors, business coaching, leadership development with a specialty in equity and inclusion, and newly added unconscious bias. I like that. Not only in the workplace, but also in our everyday lives. With the untimely and life-changing events in the recent months, she put together a project and reinvented from focusing of counseling, of coaching and leadership development and how we can address this in our new normal. That project turned into a pain of change with the Dr. Clarice radio talk show, a platform that she uses to address people today in finding ways to address today's issues by experts in various fields. The format is interesting topics with interesting people. Dr. Clarice often says, and you are never too old, it is never too late, never give up, has incentivized her to take a deep breath and rejuvenate, elevate, and rebuild. Welcome, Dr. Clarice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am honored and humbled to be here. I mean, truly I am. I cannot thank you enough for inviting me on the show. It is a blessing, a true blessing to be here. And when you were reading the bio, I was like, who is she talking about? <laughs> because, because you write you write things about yourself 
And unless that you don't really read them. And this is the truth. And you hear actors and actresses say they've never seen their cell phone film. And you're like, that's weird. Because when you when you hear or see you, you don't perceive you as others. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And again, thank you. I feel so blessed to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honored. We met. Um, and I, I think I'm now I'm getting the echo on my end. Do you hear it? No, no I can't. Okay. Um, okay. We met through the Signatures Entrepreneurs and Mastermind Group uh, just a few short months ago and have developed this beautiful friendship. Dr. Larry White always has a way of finding the right people to bring them together. That is his gift of bringing people together. And I am so glad and so fortunate to meet you. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things because you talked about going from corporate America to academia. So I know that you're an adjunct professor at UCLA. And then I want to learn how you birthed your radio show. Well, correction, I'm an adjunct professor at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. And we have a school in Chicago, LA, uh, New Orleans, Washington, DC, Dallas, okay, our schools, and Irvine and San Diego. I teach primarily at the Irvine and San Diego campuses. I have been an invited professor for management courses at UCLA. So, but I'm not an adjunct there. I'm more like a visiting professor there when they have extension courses. But how did I birth uh, the show? Well, <laughs> uh, 2020, as we all know, <laughs> was the year that was and still is primarily, right? And I lost, um, I lost my best friend early on, my bestie as we called each other early on in 2020 uh, through COVID-19. So he got ill in uh, February, he passed away by March. So then Amon Aubrey, this video comes out, then Breonna Taylor, and by the time George Floyd, that whole thing, and me, and I actually have been on Facebook when this video was being recorded, and somebody, one of my friends, some kind of way, was on Facebook and shared it. So it was basically, I saw it basically when it was happening and i thought it was a joke i was like this isn't what because i'm watching people video officer shaven and i'm like why are they videoing him why don't they just go knock him off of this man's neck because i didn't know the man's name right but i listened to this man beg for water beg to stand up Beg for his mama, 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 mama. I love you, mama, mama. I, I, I was like, this is it for me. I, I, I just can't. So, 
protesting. I went out. I'm not young. Uh, went out and protested three times. I have a or had a compromised situation with a knee. And then the third time I had to be carried back to the, my car by protesters. I couldn't even make it back. Okay. Since then, I've had complete total knee replacement, which was scheduled, but because of the pandemic didn't have. But anyway, and all I did is I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I cried, and I prayed. And this is a true story, okay? <laughs> because I've never thought about doing a podcast, ever, never. I thought about winning an Academy Award, walking the red carpet, <laughs> but never thought about a podcast. So I have a very close friend, a sister friend, Jeanette Agarwal, who has a uh, spiritual connection. And I called her and I said, Jay, blah, 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 blah. I, 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 this is, you know, what do you think? I mean, you think I can do this? I mean, the pain, I mean, we're, we're going through just the pain and change in this. So I start writing down names of the show. Uh, it was uncomfortable. The first one was uncomfortable. Pain of change. That was the first one. But then I thought, okay, that's too long. And you may not always be that uncomfortable if we want to just keep this going. So that's how the pain of change started. And uh, it has done really well. You know, it's done well. It's done well from the standpoint of just not so much as of this huge audience. That's the one that not that. It's not that. I mean, it's done well because I get texts, emails, phone calls telling me that helped me. That's all it was about. That's all it was about. If I if I could help one person, that one person, that's all it was about. Doing this to show on vaccines breast cancer, credit repair, okay? These are these human trafficking, okay? These are the things that my next show is going to be with uh, one of our own, Courtney, with relationships on Valentine's Day. Uh, Wes, one of our own, 100 Black Men, is coming on the show. I'm going to have basically two shows in a week. But we can do that virtually. But again, we all are going through the pain of change. And when somebody says to me, and they have, well, why did you want to call it the pain of change? I mean, that's not very positive. And I said, not to you, <laughs> but it's not your show, okay? You know I said it right. But the bottom line is this. No one can tell me unequivocally that change in some way is not painful. It causes anxiety a lot of times. Even when you I don't even when you change jobs and you go from this crappy job and you finally get this great position you've always wanted. Now you start questioning, can you do the job? <laughs> right? So that's 
that's how it all came about. That's what the pain of change is, because with pain, with change comes some type of pain. You are so true. It, it pain is always necessary in change. It, it, it can be just a matter of you, you stomped your toe or you got a massive headache because somebody's just getting on your last nerve. But there's always something that you got to go through to get that process going to say, you know what, this is not working or I need to tweak this or I need to tweak that. And I love it because you and I share something else in common. Um, when we were talking yesterday, we share a similar uh, undergrad major. Oh, so yes. <laughs> right. And look at this now. You see what I mean? Look, just look at what journalism took me into sales. Journalism took you into IT. You've helped me in less than 24 hours with my podcast in less than 24 hours. Okay, the IT communicator, because you got the best of both worlds. So when you look at what what has been done, even the fact that, you know, you went, you're an adult learner. And I truly I teach that every 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 week. You know, I mean, adult learners. I mean, I went back to school and got my MBA at 50. And then I got a PhD at 100. We won't talk about that. <laughs> but in my 60s, right? But it's, 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 it's being, being a blessing and embracing your authentic self right isn't that what we all need to do we need to take our greater our great to greater because most people think that once we are great we are already greater but we're not there's always the next level and that's what i speak to taking your great to greater that is so true so true i'm i'm typing as we're talking so i'm welcoming people as they come into the show and if they have any questions they can post so i can so i can get them to you so one of the things that um i love about you um in the short time that i have have known you is your energy is so incredible and i was talking to my mom last night and i said she reminds me and 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 i don't want to date you but you remind me of my two grandmothers who uh were part of my um character makeup um just that no nonsense but could but could just give it to you with with that smile on their face just as beautiful but be like don't go there don't try that don't do this <laughs> unmute that's actually a compliment because i've tried to pattern myself after my grandmothers okay and even though my mom was an influence, you know, 
my grandmothers were were my my mother's mother was a huge a huge influence and my i i dated someone i, I mean just <laughs> for a while and he used to call me and it's really amazing what you just said because that was a good read he used to call me nice nasty When you said that I have that smile on my face and I'll be just this nice, but really from my heart, I'm <laughs> really nice, but no nonsense. He used to say that he's never met anybody that he would have to wonder, did she just curse me out? Did she just tell me what, what just happened here? Because I'm not a person that likes to argue or banter, you know. I say what I have to say. I say it with a smile. I, you certainly can disagree with me. But, you know, recently someone asked me, well, did I just get on your nerves? Is that why you're not talking to me anymore? And I, my answer was, why would you think you got on my nerves? <laughs> because I want to say yes. But again, that's that. Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. But that's also that corporate training. That's that corporate training. That's being in pharmaceuticals for 36 years and being a retiree and not a fiery. I didn't get fired, I retired. Me and all that meant was I learned to navigate. I learned how to do my own good trouble without getting fired, okay? And you have to, and that's what we have to embrace in our everyday life, not, not making ways, but making a difference. Not complaining about everything that comes our way, but find the solution. When you make a complaint, say, you know, this was kind of, but you know what I figured out, you know, Right now, we're talking about um, black people aren't able to get the vaccine. Well, I have the vaccine, so I probably shouldn't say <laughs> But if you had a group of people constantly saying they're not going to get the vaccine, they don't trust the vaccine, then you, now you're complaining that you can't get it. Where do you think they was going to put it? This stuff expires. So if then if if you are saying I'm not taking that, I'm not gonna be a guinea pig. So it's all the stuff of the pain of change. Going back to the pain of change, we have to do better. If we know better, we do better. So that's that. But that was just interesting. That I know I'm rambling, but that you picked up on that. You know that. Yep. Yeah. No nonsense. And that, and and we can come back and actually talk about the vaccine because you did document your journey of having the first shot. And actually, my mother went and had her first shot last week. So, and we've been documenting, you know, her. She took a picture, you know, told everybody, you know, how she felt when she got her first one. You know, everything went fine. There was no no underlying issues with her. So, why is it? And and this is important, I think, us as individuals that do this that are information catalysts. 
and this is a new word I'm going to start using, um, is that we are information catalyst because we push information to people. What you do with it once we give it to you, that's on you. But I'm going to make sure you get the information. I'm not going to hold it. That is such an excellent narrative. Information catalyst. I don't care what you do with the information. I really don't. People have disinvited me to events because they said that I, I, I'm too over the top with COVID. I'm like, and I'm still alive, amen. And so, okay, okay. And a lot of those people, a few of those people that said that are no longer with us. And, you know, someone I know, Iris Gordy, of the Gordy family said at a recent memorial, and I and I and I mean, she said she doesn't understand why people are still having events because she's a Gordy. She keep you know people always want to invite her, of course, okay, and she declines, and she said it puzzles her that people are still having events. So no matter how much information you give, if people don't use that information like a sponge and soak it in and soak it up, and this could be for vaccines, this could be for career, this is, this is be reinventing you, you know, every, you know, I didn't retire. I reinvented myself. That's what I always say. That's what I did. Okay. What, when people, when people tell you, you can't, that means you're not going fast enough. Okay. That's all that means. If someone says you can't, you, you can't do that. Why you why you do you can't do that? That means you need to speed up. Okay? Because what that's meant is slow down. I'm not doing it, so you can't do it. I'm not getting the vaccine. You shouldn't get the vaccine. I'm not doing I'm not going to college, so you shouldn't go to college. Why are you going to college, Lisa? At, X amount of years old. You married, you got kids, you got a good career. You don't need a degree. Why are you doing this, Lisa? Why are you starting a book company, Lisa? Why are you doing that, Lisa? Instead of saying, wow, that's really awesome. That's awesome. God, that's really amazing. You know, because God knows your heart. Okay? And he blesses people with good hearts. So when we surround ourselves with people that's negative how, or toxic, as I like to say, how in the world do you think you can ever face your pain of change and walk into your victory when you have people that's all they're doing is, is, is weighing you down? And here's the news flash. Buckle up. <laughs> this is buckle up time. It can be in your own house. Or your own family. It's not just the outside. 
It's also people, that's why they say, you know, you gotta, you gotta know who your friends are. People, people that aren't successful don't want you to be successful. So why do we hang with people that aren't successful? To make us look better, right? So those are just some of those 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 things that that I you know my my Clarice isms as someone calls them. I love it, and I'm gonna get a lifetime full of Clarice isms because we it it is it is amazing. I can sit and talk to you all day, and we were talking you know quite a bit just a short conversation that we had yesterday. But I do love what you, what you say, and and. That is true that a lot of times our fear of failure and our fear of what our own family and friends think of us will cause us not to move forward in God's original purpose for us or, you know, something that we, we desire to do because we're quick to say, well, we're quick to judge ourselves based on somebody else instead of saying, I'm offering you the best of what I have right here. Straighten my shoulders, put a smile on my face. And if you don't like it, they say, open the next door, open the next door. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. But most people won't do that until it's, until they're at, if they ever do it until they're at this point, right? Oh, if I had to do it all over again. Uh, you know, when I wanted, you know, I wanted this job and, you know, people just told me that I shouldn't or, you know, I always wanted to go to school. It, and I want to I wanna kind of talk about school because this is Black History Month. And it is important. It's part of our, our destiny or our legacy, right? Education is the key to so unlocking so many things. College is not for everyone. And education does not always mean college or university. Education means knowledge. Ignorance means lack of knowledge. That's all it means, okay? No, everybody won't, doesn't like to go to school or this or this or this. That's why you have more adult learners than you've ever had. You got online platforms. You got all sorts of things. But my point is, is this. We have to become educated in whether it's being a master barber, a master electrician, a master of anything but foolishness, of foolishness. That is our pain of change is people, it's, it's a, a people. We love to embrace, and I'm not talking about you, this person, that person, I'm talking about collectively, we love to embrace foolishness. 
And then we don't, we want to talk about how people don't understand us. I don't understand us. Okay. So, okay. You know, I don't because we like to put each other down. And people say, I mean, all races do it. Now, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. All races do it. But we have to come together collectively and, and do whatever we can to come together. I'm not saying now more than ever, because now more than ever has been in the last 200, 300 years. So we have to face our pain of change. Change is not always easy. You know, I had children very young. I went, when I went back to school, I was pregnant with my second child. She's 47 years old. I was literally pregnant with her in class, okay? But I was determined that I was going to get a degree. I was determined because that was the only hope that I saw I could ever have. I wanted to be a executive secretary. I tried that first, took shorthand, took <laughs> typing. I was horrible at it. Okay. <laughs> so we just have to face our pain to change. You see the glory, but you don't hear the story. Everybody got people look at the Michael Jordans or the or 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 the Maya Angelou's or or the Oprah Winfrey's or the Tyler Perry's and they see the glory, but they don't necessarily know the story. And we all have a story, but we also have the potential for the glory. And that is what it is when you're facing your pain of change. You have to see the glory to complete your story. You can't just walk around talking about it. You got to be about it. You got to step into your own victory. And I mean, that's just that's just fact. Nobody, no, you know, we have watched a nation embrace foolishness. We have a congresswoman, an elected person in Congress with a face mask on saying stop the steal. Trump won as of last week. If we don't embrace and come together as we did in this election, the divine nine, okay, and all others, then where are we headed here? We've got to understand what the pain of change means. I mean, we've got to do it. I get it. I get it. Had Because had I not stepped out when I did, I never would have met some of the incredible people that I've met so far, helping them tell their story. Meeting you never would have happened had I not said, you know what, 
it's time to reinvent and that's what I did as well reinvent me and it wasn't so much of a reinvention it was God finally saying what are you going to come back to what I originally have for you to do and a lot of times some some of us get it early in life and some of us still sit on it and say, well, I don't, I don't know. And the thing that I love about what 2020 has done and, and some of the most incredible people that I've met, uh, being a part of Signature Entrepreneur, Entrepreneurs and Masterminds, but people that I've known for a couple of years now, a young lady that I used to live next door to me is doing a podcast show. You know, and I'm applauding her all the way. You know, another uh, uh, acquaintance of mine is doing a podcast show. I'm applauding her all the way, you know, because that's what we need. There's no such thing to me as, uh, well, <clears throat> what for? What for? There's everybody. There's somebody for everybody. There's always somebody that needs to hear your story. I may not resonate, but guess what? The next person that hears me may say, wow, you know, look, look at what she did. And even, you know, with you and I talking yesterday and sharing a little bit of my story with you, you were like, she just talked about stuff that I talk about every day on my show. You know, she showed me. You know, at 58, you know, it's never too late. I think of, you know, the interview that Gail King did, the last interview that Gail King did with Cecily Tyson and why it resonated with me so much. And I bawled like a baby Monday when The View did their tribute to her. That at 96, she was still doing stuff. And the thing that she wanted to be known most for in her life was the simple thing of, I did my best. I gave my best. She did more than give us her best. She gave us a, a legacy that will outlive her, outlive me, outlive my son. Generations of a legacy that she gave us. You know, the queen um, says, was just such an amazing woman. I mean, I think that when she married Miles Davis, who was a character in his own right, right? But that kind of person that you can take and make a difference in someone's life, even at that age. I mean, they weren't very young, you know, when they got married. And she nursed him back to health after his stroke because he wasn't able to play the, the trumpet, I guess it was, you know. But we have to find our Cecily Tyson because we have a Cecily Tyson also. We have to embrace our Cecily Tyson. What is the legacy that we want to live? For me, of course, I have children and grandchildren, so that'll be part of a legacy in terms of, in terms of genealogy. 
But what would be the le what would be the legacy is that I did my best. I did my best and I did everything I could to encourage people and try to make a difference in this world. When I worked in corporate, I remember people saying to me, after I left and we meet for lunch, and you, and you gotta remember, I spent 30 something years in pharma, 26 years in one company. So most of those people are still very much my friends, even though they're younger than I am. You know, we still talk, we still have lunch and things. But I remember them saying this to me. We used to think you were crazy, Clarice. But when you left, everything you said, it was all true. And I said it was always true. But you guys wanted to think it wasn't. You wanted to think I was old. And that, that all that was in my day. That day hasn't left. I have been shouting and screaming my entire life because my grandmother was a civil rights person. She was big, big. I, I marked with Dr. King as a teenager. You know, my whole thing down Marquette Road in Chicago in a church basement. I got a chance to talk to him and Dr. Ralph Abernathy and I asked him, what can I do to make a difference? And he said, get an education. Those was his words. Those was his words. Get an education and help your people. And that's what I've that's what I've tried to do. So we have to take responsibility, T-R-Y, take responsibility for yourself. Stop always looking for other folks to blame. We got enough stuff on our own. We have been, we have been, we have been disrespected. We have been, we have been dismissed. We have been de demised from the hatred of the people who do not look like us in this country that we built, that we built. There would be no history without black folk. Those are facts. But we're still in America, the most hated because the color of our skin. But at the same time, people spend their money on getting the color of our skin. Other than Michael Jackson, God rest his soul. I don't know anybody else that spent time. Not, and I guess they had Bill Largo. They, and I guess they just need to, whatever it was, right? But people spend most money vacationing in sunny places and getting tanned. Getting lips getting butts, getting perms. So we need to think about why, because we, they really, they don't, they don't hate us, they envy us. Because we 
will continue to rise. And I say to people all the time, Lisa, that we need to <clears throat> challenge our multi-multi-millionaires in our culture to put on more workshops, even if it isn't in person, right? Right? Uh, but put on more workshops because if they could do it, why can't you, me, everybody do it? So instead of you just looking at Michael Jordan as the billionaire, Michael Jordan didn't become a billionaire from playing basketball, honey. He became a billionaire because of his entrepreneurial skills. Oprah Winfrey, entrepreneurial skills. Tyler Perry, entrepreneurial skills. You, uh, Fiddy, <laughs> entrepreneurial skills. So everybody has, so they need to, you know, all, that's why I said foolishness. Foolishness. Instead of Fiddy doing his thing about we don't need to vote for Biden because they want to deal with Trump because he's a multi-multimillionaire. And of course, he would benefit greatly by the tax advantage, right? We need to have a call to action and get some of these people to offer, do podcasts on a tutorial of what to do. I certainly have helped people. I, I have mentors that, that mentees that I mentor. And, and I have grown people that I coach, right? And we have to give back. If you got something, give something. Okay? Don't, Don't brag, brag about what you got. Don't brag about I'm driving this and I got this and I got that. Help people. Help people. It's simple. It's free. It's free. Well, it's like the free stuff, right? It's a bargain. Help people. You don't have to let them move into your house, you know, but help people. We, if we, we show this, this, this country and the world that when we, when we wanted to let our, but Barack Obama, we did it. When we wanted to get, you know, who out, we did it. <clears throat> so we have power. We have power. And certainly this group, Signature Entrepreneur and Masterminds, is full of that kind of power. That's why I love this group. I love this group. You are so true because collectively we have come together as mentors and so many of us are in different industries, inter uh, uh, event planning, we have financial people, we have educators, IT, teachers, 
I don't think we have any lawyers in the group yet. We're going to get there though. But just because we're doing the very thing that you're seeing, putting information out for people to be able to find ways to do that going from day to day to, okay, how do we do generational wealth? You know, we are so behind the ball on that as a community, you know, that this is something that we stopped. We didn't teach our kids, number one. It wasn't presented to us. And then we've gotten away from teaching some stuff to our kids, you know. So one of the big questions today, and I know you talked about this on one of your uh, earlier shows that I, I watched when I first met you, you had a couple of college kids on and you were talking about how they were adjusting to education particularly now it's it's virtual virtual had been coming for a long time you know and some of the teachers were like oh no we're never going to get out of the brick and mortar we're always going to have a school for them to come into and i remember getting my masters in early childhood education and having a conversation with my sister-in-law about that very subject and she was like i can't understand how you're doing this and you're doing this virtual i said because it's coming now, this was back in, I got my master's in 2015, but I was telling her, this is coming. This is going to be more futuristic that our kids are going to have that blended environment of virtual and maybe one or two days they're in the classroom. Absolutely correct. Uh, I teach what we call a blended program. I'm on ground. We were on ground. And then they submit their assignments to a platform called Canvas. And that's in discussion boards and things like that. You know, we're on ground primarily. We have brick and mortar. I don't think brick and mortar is going to go away. But what I do think is... Uh, this morning I was on a webinar and I had to go through all this stuff. It's called lockdown and how I can go on through my computer and lock down other people's computers in the classroom to keep them from getting to the internet and how certain things are required. Because the simple thing is what has happened is, is that of course we have to, we have to maintain the integrity and prestige of an institution. Now, years ago, if you had an online situation, uh, people questioned that. And to be honest, uh, the jury is still out in terms of online, total online schools and all that. But USC has an online master uh I think it's an MSW program for social work, but you have to have 15 years experience before you get in the program, right? So things are changing. Things are changing. Uh, recently, but, 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 don't, but nobody needs to be distracted either, see? And this is what happens to us. People get distracted. You know, yeah, things are going to be virtual, but people are not going to stop going into offices or schools or whatever. People, if you say you haven't, and here's the trickery with the vaccine, with the vaccine, 
No, you don't have to get the vaccine. However, if you want to come back to school as an educator and it, your job says you have to be on ground, but you decide that you got some underlying condition, but you don't want to get the vaccine, you're probably not going to have a job. Because if you got an underlying condition, you know you should get the vaccine. I love being virtual because I was driving to San Diego every other weekend. I mean, it was wonderful. They were paying for everything. I was standing on the ocean every, every for, for Friday through Monday. I mean, it was, they was paying for it. I loved it, right? But we, we, they're not going to let this virtual destroy what they have built. There's still going to be University of Maryland, Harvard, Yale, community colleges. You're still going to have brick and mortar. You're going to have it, okay? But we have to be flexible, coachable, educable, and teachable. It's mandatory. Flexible and coachable is number one. Number one, when you don't want to be flexible and coachable, then you're going to be gone. You're not going to be around. You're not going to be around. That's what makes me reinvent it and re-engineer is someone older who retired because most people in my age group, they want out because we can't think outside the box. We don't want to update our newest computer system. We don't want to go this way. We don't want to do that way. So they move us out. So we have to stay viable if we want to survive because people aren't dying young anymore. We have more oxytarians than we ever had. We have centarians. My uh, daughter's best friend, one of her close friends, grandmother turns 106 today. She was on the news yesterday. 106 years old. So we have to embrace new, but they're not going to allow us to abuse the new. Understand that what I'm saying. They're not going to let us do See, they're not going to let you say, I can't come back in the classroom or I can't come back to work because I have an underlying health condition. Not with the vaccine, they're not. That's a hard argument that you don't, you got an underlying health condition, but you don't want the vaccine. You want your job. They're not going to do it. So we have to also be ready. We have to be prepared for whatever there's going to be a vaccine passport. If anybody doesn't see that coming, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Now, if you never go anywhere and you never do anything, don't worry about the vaccine. That's what I say over and over again. Wait for herd immunity. But with, even with herd immunity, you're going to have to have a vaccine uh, passport. You know, it's just a, it's just a, it's a new day. Like you said, virtual was coming, honey. Virtual's been here. You know, University of Phoenix was virtual online for a thousand years. But because they were a for-profit institution, it diminished their credibility and prestige. And because the people they were bringing coming out of those, uh, the people like, like 
uh, Concordia, not Concordia, but the other one that was out in California that Kamala took down because they were just churning out people and nobody was getting a job. You know, that's the whole thing. In every program, people, there should not be people in the program. I could sit here and tell you for sure that. But um, we just have to keep up to date and be what you call an information catalyst. You know what I always say, also say? Readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. If you read, you lead. If you don't read, you perish. And, and, and sometimes we need to read hard copy of stuff and not just internet stuff too. So, but yeah, virtual is the way we're gonna go. It is here to stay. It's gonna be more and more recognized than it was. And it's going to be more and more accepted than it was, but it's not going to, people are not going to let it be used as an excuse either. You know, because I already came up with an excuse. This is how come I know. I already said, because I have a mandatory faculty meeting and I already said, well, I think that once we open back up that I think we should still have the faculty meeting virtual. That was met with dead silence. <laughs> I didn't even get a comment. I didn't even get a clap, a hand, a nothing in the tech, nothing. They just moved on to the next subject. They didn't even address it. No one even said, I agree. No one said a word. That's why I said, I see what's coming. I made a perfect answer. Well, I think this is great. You know, we could still have virtual. Even when we, when we, they like, so anyway, <laughs> so. I have enjoyed you. I have enjoyed you. I have enjoyed you today. Please tell people where they can find you on Sunday afternoons and what you have coming up for your show this week. Um, for those of you that follow the Signature Entrepreneurs and Masterminds group, we do have a virtual platform that we are hosting tomorrow, a virtual Black History program. Please come on to YouTube and Facebook. Join us. Um, learn your history. As you said, knowledge. Education is knowledge. Knowledge is power. You have to know your history. You got to know where you came from, where you are, and where you're going. Make no mistake about it, because if we continue to stay silent, we have seen where the state of Texas and other states, which we are now fighting in the Supreme Courts, to get our stories back in the history books. I know about that. Okay, I know we got to go what? What what happened? In, what they took like history history. They are rewriting it to suit their narrative. Oh, oh yes. We got to stay woke. And somebody said, one of our members said today, Mr. McCarter, just because you're woke, some people still not paying attention. I loved how he said that. Well, that is that, you know, I mean, okay, so we are on a whole new conversation. Okay. <laughs> 
See, this is what I'm saying. I didn't even know this when I was saying my narrative about taking responsibility for yourself. Okay. This is horrible. But, you know, for people who thought racism was dead or didn't exist, it's never gone anywhere. And, and in my, 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 my consulting, and I do unconscious bias, the way I started is this, unconscious bias, not. It's extremely conscious. And that's what makes it dangerous. Because the unconscious means that you're in a state of unconsciousness. You're not conscious. You're not awake. So anytime, so this is just showing you how somehow someone has spearheaded something to, to alter the history books in Texas. Okay. Well, you know, I was thinking about moving to Texas for a minute. Mm-mm. That's horrible. I am originally from West Texas. So I was born in Abilene, Texas. And uh, uh, one of the things that, uh, because I loosely still follow educational things because literacy is my platform. And I loved how you said readers are leaders. If you cannot read, you cannot comprehend, you cannot do anything in life. You know, it, it just period, point blank. And one of the things that I had read, and this was a few years back, and I know that they were still fighting it, was that they were changing the narrative in the history books to reflect what they wanted to see. They kind of wanted to whitewash, you know, the whole slavery, slavery era. You can't. How can you do that? Just as you said, we built everything. We helped build this country. We invented stuff. <laughs> you know, we still give, you know, of our time and our energy and, you know, our grace to to uh, to everything that we we touch. So. But that's a conversation that we can definitely come back and have on another day. So please tell people where they can catch your show on Sundays. I don't have a show every Sunday. Uh, originally, I had a show. I have a show every uh, second and fourth Sunday. But since I've been virtual, I do I do the show still when I feel like it. So anyway, <laughs> I still have second and fourth Sundays, right? Uh, sometimes we do the pain of change after dark. And that's our popular up show, right? So... Uh, in my show is on Facebook, The Pain of Change with Dr. Clarice. YouTube, The Pain of Change with Dr. Clarice. It's on Sundays at 3 p.m. Uh, I will have a show February 13th with uh, Wes Webb and the 100 Black Men and, 100, and his 100 Black Men, uh, the president here in L.A. also will be on. I will also have, uh, I'm hoping to have Courtney Smith, one of our own, do the relationship show on Valentine's Day. And at the end, of, and then I'm going to bring in uh, Margaret Bush Ware, who was the publicist for Cicely Tyson, who is my good friend, and uh, also publicist to Cecily and Sammy Davis Jr., and was very big in the Rat Pack days, right? 
And she's also my one of my dearest friends, and we go to the Martha's Vineyard together. So, uh, and then at the end of the month, we're going to have um, uh, uh, one of my my cousin Megan Orr, who's going to talk about generational wealth. So that and that's three p.m. Um, Western show will be on February thirteenth noon uh, Pacific Standard Time, three p.m. Eastern Standard, and the rest is three p.m. Pacific Standard Time, three uh, six p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. His show will be on Saturday. And, you know, I don't know. I like this Friday, so I might look at Friday. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about being virtual. You can do whatever. And in the in the comment box, I put my website, thecavanaughgroup.com, and Clarice at thecavanaughgroup.com. Please use me as a resource if you've got questions on on leadership, development, career changes. Uh, I have 40 plus years of corporate experience that I would more than love to share with whoever. And I really thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me uh, to be on your show, Journeys. I love this. You know, I thought it would, I think it's awesome. And I appreciate uh, your efforts and everything that you do to address the pain of change of people as they go through their journeys. Thank you. Thank you so much. You see, you guys, you see why I love this woman so much. She is fantastic. She is not going to steer you wrong. She is going to drop those gems. Just beautiful. Thank you. This concludes our show for today. I once again want to thank Dr. Clarice Cavanaugh for coming on with the Cavanaugh Group and the vision behind the pain is change with Dr. Clarice. Well, Check out. Yes. Well, my today is uh, AKA Pink Goes Red. It's our initiative. That's why I have on red. And it's to make women aware of heart disease and how much we have heart attacks. So, Pink goes red. That's it. All right. Thank you. Gotcha, ma'am. We got it. Divine nine. <laughs> and thank you, everybody. Jones Harwell, Journeys with Jones Harwell. I'm signing off. <laughs>